from high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Justin Higginbottom. This is your news for Wednesday, August 31st. A mining company and regulators failed to clean up waste from a uranium processing mill in a small New Mexico community. Now the company wants to hand the site over to the Department of Energy. They just need to get rid of the residents first. I spoke with investigative reporter Mark Olalde of ProPublica about his reporting on this story. You know, the New Mexico communities of Murray Acres and Broadview Acres, they might sound familiar to, to old Moab residents. Can you tell me a bit about the history of these communities? So we're talking uh, the center of the Grants Mineral Belt in northwest New Mexico between Albuquerque and Gallup. Murray Acres and Broadview Acres abut this large uh, former uranium mill site called the Homestake uh, Homestake Mill. And the site uh, produced yellow cake from 1958 to 1990. And now the issue that kind of is at hand that is concerning residents in the area is the fact that there are 22.2 million tons of toxic radioactive waste kind of still sitting out on the landscape, polluting the water, sending radon uh, emissions into the air. And we're trying to figure out now, you know, years after milling has, has wrapped up, what to do with all this waste, how to protect human health, and, and how to kind of be done with the legacy of this site. And so this mill was polluting during its operation. And then when it closed, it just left a lot of, of this waste. The mill site opened in 58. We knew it was contaminating the groundwater um, in 1960. Uh, residents who live nearby used groundwater through wells for drinking, for irrigation, for livestock. Um, they told us they weren't informed about the issues until the mid-70s. Um, there, there were attempts to you know, get them some clean water, but they weren't switched to a clean municipal water source until another decade later. And the can has been kicked down the road for years and years. You know, while they, they, the, the residents there are drinking, you know, clean water now, I think what's a telling example is while the state of New Mexico knew that there was water contamination here in 1960, it wasn't until 2018 that the state uh, engineer's office put the local aquifers off limits to, uh, to new residential wells. And so... I, I would be lying if I said anyone really moved that quickly in addressing any of the issues here. And what could be some of the health impacts of having this contaminated groundwater? This site's really unique in that the Environmental Protection Agency published a human health risk assessment, they called it, uh, but a kind of a health report in 2014 that tried to actually quantify the excess unacceptable cancer risk from living adjacent to this site. You know, in highly polluting sites and the frontline communities next to them often have high levels of asthma and cancer, thyroid disease, and, and think it's related. Here, we can go a lot further in saying, you know, there is a mathematical calculated risk from living next to this site. It's not all from the groundwater. The, the major public health threat for people living immediately next to the site is airborne radon emissions, uh, which can cause cancer. Um, but we, we know that exposure to uranium, uh, the elements that it decays into, and and kind of the heavy other heavy metals in the groundwater in this waste pile uh, can lead to cancer, can lead to um, to thyroid issues, 
you know, can lead to a variety of health implications. And it actually got so bad in the, in the local community that residents about 10 years ago created what they call their quote-unquote death map, where they mapped out just how many people uh, were falling sick and dying. Well, folks came into the mining areas from places all around, and they all signed up to go down in that hole. John Boomer was one of the neighbors uh, who lives not far from Homestake, who we got to know well. You know, we spent months reporting uh, in this community and uh, interviewed, you know, people from more than one in five households uh, in this area. John is an artist who uh, lives about a mile and a half down the road from Homestake, has not quite, has not yet sold his house to the company. Um, he lives in a old mining equipment warehouse that he converted into an art studio and uh, in living space. I live there with his partner who is a, uh, uh, her name is Maggie Billiman, uh, who is also a, a super kind, uh, talented artist from the Navajo Nation. You know, together they, they kind of think about uranium all the time. It's, it's central to their lives. She's from the Navajo Nation where, you know, where uranium is ubiquitous. Her dad was a downwinder. You know, they 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 pray about uranium and their health and what to do every morning. This is kind of front of mind. They're they're constantly in community meetings and whatnot to to learn what's going on here. And and John and Maggie are just kind of two of hundreds of people who have uh, lived downstream from this um, and either are trying to figure out where to move or are trying to figure out are they in the path of contamination and will they eventually kind of be hit with 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 health implications. So Homestake's now owned by Bear Gold, is that correct? Yes, Bear Gold, the second largest gold mining company in the world. And they're not looking to clean up the waste that's left over in this area. They're, they want to transfer this land to the Department of Energy. The way the system works, uh, including right you know next door to you uh, and your listeners in Moab, uh, is that when the site is cleaned up to the level that the government says is enough, um, that the Department of Energy's Office of Legacy Management will take on these sites and monitor and maintain them in perpetuity. And so, uh, you know, Moab, it's already the Department of Energy's problem. In the home state case in New Mexico, there is a uh, responsible party, which is Homestake Mining Company of California and their parent company, which is Barrett Gold. And so at this point, you know, every day they're at the mill, they're losing money, right? They're not selling anything from it. They're not making money off uranium. And so they're trying to get to that point where the Nuclear Regulatory Commission and the state of New Mexico will sign off and, and the EPA will all sign off and say, okay, you've, you've, you've cleaned it up as much as you can. Therefore, it, it can be handed off to the Department of Energy. So that's the process we're in right now. And that's kind of why we wrote about that mill site, you know, when we did. They have a unique kind of solution to reach this threshold. They're buying real estate around the community so people don't live there and therefore aren't affected by the pollution. Exactly. They're, they need to show to the government that the contamination left in the groundwater when they, when they stop cleanup won't impact human populations. So you could clean up the groundwater or you can move the human populations. And what we found that, that Homestake and Barrick Gold are doing is buying up the land uh, and then asking people, you know, once once they've bought, once they've been bought out, uh, to move away. And 
by the end of 2021, they had bought more than 14,000 acres, more than uh, 550 parcels, and there, the five subdivisions just south and southwest of the pile were slowly becoming kind of ghost towns of some of the residents there. They put it uh, put it to us, and what we found in the course of those sales is that the company was requiring residents who who did sell to sign a non disparagement agreement and a liability waiver uh, within the documentation that kind of sold their house or their property, and um, you know this was a bit troubling because health implications from uranium and radioactivity exposure can manifest years after that exposure. And yet these liabilities waivers essentially say, you cannot sue us now, you cannot sue us then, you cannot sue us for A, B, or C. And so they're really kind of clearing themselves while they were clearing these people away. So you focused on this one extremely interesting and important case, but are, are the failures at, at this mill and its cleanup emblematic of the uranium industry as a whole and other mills in the country. Absolutely. And stay tuned for part two for this investigation, which will answer that question a lot more clearly. Um, but what we found is that the Nuclear Regulatory Commission had never stepped back and thoroughly looked, be it through auditing or whatnot, at, at every single one of the conventional uranium mills together to see what similarities there might be. So that's what we're in the process of doing. What we found was that there were more than 50 um, former conventional uranium mills in the country that are shut down in this cleanup process, this handover process to the DOE. Uh, we found that together they accounted for more than 250 million tons of radioactive toxic waste that's kind of out there on the landscape. Uh, and what, what we found was that they often use um, they often use exemptions that change acceptable limits of how much waste you can leave behind, how much waste can be in groundwater, how much waste can be in aquifers. Um, and they silly change limits to say, okay, this is, you've done what you can. Um, and we found that this is often based on uh, groundwater modeling that's flawed, meaning uh, hydrologists for a mining company might say, you know, we think that the natural flow of the water is going to dilute this pollution in the next 10 years. And then they go back and restudy it and find that the answer is, Maybe it'll happen in 100 years as opposed to 10 years, but they've already given this exemption. So uh, definitely this isn't every site. There are sites that are properly lined and capped and moved away from populations. Um, but at a lot of these sites, uh, the solution to pollution is paperwork shuffling. Trying to hang on to just barely That was a conversation with Mark Alalde of ProPublica. You can find a link to his report, as well as the artist John Boomer, who you're hearing now, in the show notes. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, August 31st. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.